Welcome to the Sales Lead Dog Podcast, hosted by CRM technology and sales process expert, Christopher Smith, talking with sales leaders that have separated themselves from the rest of the pack. Listen to find out how the best of the best achieve success with their team and CRM technology. And remember, unless you are the lead dog, the view never changes. Welcome to Sales Lead Dog. Today, I have joining me, Melissa Matthews. Melissa, welcome to Sales Sales Lead Dog. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm having a little problem speaking today, um, apparently, stumbling <laughs> over the Sales Lead Dog name. Uh, super excited to have you here on the podcast, uh, Melissa. Melissa, tell us a little bit about your current role and your company, Azul. Yes, so I am the Vice President of Sales for Azul Hospitality Group. We are a San Diego-based hotel management company. Um, We are one of the largest unencumbered management companies in Southern California, which essentially means that we don't typically have any type of investment um, or ownership stake in the properties that we're managing. So um, our management agreements are, are with a either private individual owners, or they are with um, more REIT type owners that have properties that they need managed by a hotel management company. So that's what Azul is. And I oversee sales and revenue. And I work with a really talented group of individuals at the property level, um, as well as our corporate office, and just ensure that we're meeting all of the expectations of our ownership groups in terms of top line line revenue. Yeah, that's... I was really excited to have it on the show because you know, we get a lot of, uh, I would say more traditional type businesses. We've never had anyone on around hospitality and, and your, your company's business model. And so I'm really excited to, to have you on and talk about sales and, and learn maybe how they're different from maybe more, I don't want to say traditional, but different from other sales models or, or companies and, and how they're trying to sell. Um, yeah. First question I have for you is about your website. So Azul has a really cool website. And if you go to the Our Team page, you know, they've got the whole profile there. And if you click on the person's profile, it flips and it plays a little, <laughs> little video. Yeah, Melissa, yeah. <laughs> how did you pick the video that you have linked to your, your bio? Yeah, so we have a really talented uh, vice president of marketing and e-commerce. And so she was really instrumental in relaunching that website. It actually, I want to say it relaunched maybe six months ago. And just knowing all of our different personalities, she really wanted to do something a little bit fun. And um, and so she went through and found some gifts and some celebrities and uh, ideas that kind of matched all of our personalities. And so, yeah, mine is the, yay. <laughs> 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 I'm a, I'm a big supporter of celebrating all wins. And so, yeah, I think it's, it's appropriate for mine. <laughs> well, see, that's what I was wondering. Did you pick that or someone picked that for you? They picked so it you, for me. Yeah. Yeah, I love that <laughs> because it's, I went through every one of them because I wanted to see, once I saw yours, I wanted to see everyone else's. And it really gives you a little bit of a window into their personality. It, just, it, <laughs> it, it was, it's a lot of fun. I love it. It's a great idea. It does. When she, uh, so she originally put them together and she sent them out to all of us and asked for our feedback on whether we thought ours was appropriate to our personality and as well as everyone else's. 
and hands down, it was a hundred percent like you <laughs> nailed it. This <laughs> is everyone's personality to a T. Oh, it's Did a great. great job. It's great. I may I may rip that idea off at some point. I, I think it's a great idea. Um, so, Melissa, um, your whole career is really it looks like it's been spent in, in hospitality. How did you get your start in sales? Or actually, let me back up here for a second. I, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Um, when it comes to you've had a lot of success in hospitality sales. When you think back over your career, what are the three things that have really driven that success you've achieved? Yeah, um, the first one I would say is I've had some really amazing mentors. I'm always looking for uh, mentors to guide me in terms of not just knowledge, but just um, their experiences and how they came up throughout their career. So I didn't, I didn't set out in my life to be in hospitality. I kind of fell into it, which I would say probably 90% of the people in hospitality uh, fell into it. But I had some really great people along the way that helped pull me up uh, with them. And I'm a real big supporter of making sure that you're paying it back and um, paying it forward. And so I would say that that's probably the first one. And in terms of um, I've received some really great advice in my career. So uh, one of them was make sure that you're shining and moving on. Don't stay too stagnant in one position. So once you're really at the pinnacle, and you feel like you've learned all that you need to learn in your current position. Don't be afraid to push yourself and look for that next challenge and always look for the uncomfortable. Uh, so I've really tried to do that in, uh, in my career. And then the, the other one I would say in terms of just amazing advice, which I really try to follow uh, every day is don't look for the salary, follow the position. So make sure that you're always asking for more opportunity, more uh, learning, more job development, more tasks and responsibilities and the, the positions and the money will follow if you just focus on that. You got some really good advice. Was that all from the same person or were those different people? No, different people. Yeah, different people. Yeah. If you had to pick out one of your mentors, is there one that kind of rises to the top? Oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, I would say my first director of sales, she, she was the one that told me her name, Kim McCarthy. She is just an amazing individual. I learned so much from her in uh, my first position here in San Diego. She was the one that told me, shine and move on, shine and move on. And I think that is so relevant for everything that we do in life is to shine and then look for the next thing. Like once you start to become too comfortable, yeah. then you're not learning anymore. So continue yeah. to move on. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's tremendous. And I remember my dad shared something like that with, you know, he got to, uh, position of a VP at a company he was working at. And it's kind of funny how you, you think like, oh, I'm gonna get there and that like, it's gonna be so awesome. He said, I was so bored that I wasn't in the fight anymore. And uh, so that was his time to move on. And so I've always yeah, remembered I think, that. I think if this pandemic has taught us anything, it's that in the uncomfortable life, the knowledge and lies all of the true real learning experiences. and. I would say that I've learned probably more in the past two years than I learned in the prior 18 of my career. And it's been an uncomfortable time, but looking back on it, I think it's skill sets and knowledge that I wouldn't have gained otherwise. So yeah. 
always look for the silver lining and positive and everything. So you, you fell into sales. What did you want to do or what was your dream job before you ended up in sales? Yeah, I really wanted to be in international affairs. I went to a university for international affairs. I thought that I was going to go work for the United Nations or maybe the Peace Corps or something. Um, and really just wanted to solve world hunger and create world peace. And I graduated from university and I did that for a while. I moved to Washington, D.C. and I worked for an amazing nonprofit organization called the National Council on U.S. Arab Relations. And they're still around to this day, over 200 years, uh, really supporting the American interests in the Middle East, which is so important, as we know right now. And, um, and I absolutely loved that job. I uh, organized conferences for students like me who had interests in that field, as well as help organize congressional visits for congressmen and senators here in the United States that wanted to go over to the Middle East and learn more about the politics and the culture to ensure that the American interests were um, being promoted within those regions. And, you know, then the world happens and 9-11 hit and, you know, funding for those types of organizations kind of fell by the wayside. And I moved back to Atlanta and was living with my parents after being out of the house for almost six years. And it was very humbling <laughs> being unemployed and looking for a job. And I had really tried to stay in that field and looked for a number of different positions and uh, just couldn't find anything. And I was sitting actually in a, in a pub one day after just a terrible, terrible interview where I thought I was going to get it. And then you know, at the very end, after about 12 interviews, they told me they were on a hiring freeze. And so I was very disappointed. And there was a really pleasant woman sitting next to me at the bar. And she said, I have a sales coordinator position open at a hotel if you're interested. And I said, I'm definitely interested. I don't know what it does or how much it pays, but I'll be there tomorrow. And so I went in bright and early with my resume and she hired me on the spot. She said, when can you start? I was like, right now, I'll start right now. So it's, in, in hindsight, it, it really turned out to be the best thing for me. It's such a career that um, I'm really passionate about. I love working with people, and it gives me the opportunity to interact with so many different types of guests right. and owners and you know all of that. So it turned out to be a blessing in disguise. If you were going to be mentoring young Melissa, the young version of you in that first role, What's the piece of advice or the one lesson you, you wish you had been told back then? Um, I think, I would say with a lot of um, the young people coming into the industry now, I, I would say it's, while the industry has progressed, there is still a very old school mentality that everyone starts at the bottom. And I think that's one of the things that really makes the industry so special is that you don't need a college degree. You don't need to spend $100,000 on university fees and go into debt and not be able to buy a house and all of those things. You can start at the front desk, start as a housekeeper, start in ballet, and grow up to be the president and general manager or CEO of a company one day in hospitality. And that, those exist, and that's how the majority of people come up. So I would say that just go in, Start at the bottom, work your way up, always ask for more. And if you're dedicated and you're willing to take on more tasks, you can move up very easily, very quickly in the industry. Yeah, that's really cool. 
Um, what's the craziest sales stories you have from your, your days in sales? Yeah, so I have actually a really special one um, that I'll tell first and then a really crazy one that was not so special but was very uh, eye-opening. Uh, so the first one was I had a great opportunity here in San Diego uh, to work with a organization that was celebrating uh, the lives of some Marines that had been lost. Um, actually, I'm sorry, it was U.S. Navy SEALs that had been lost in Afghanistan. And it was based on a book by Marcos Luttrell that he wrote called The Lone Survivor. And it was the mm -hmm. largest loss of lives of any Navy uh, SEAL unit on a given day. And it was just a really tragic story. But through that opportunity, uh, we were able to work with the city here in San Diego, Petco Park, in a memorial. And we had a massive baseball event around it with, you know, tens of thousands of people that came in to support these families and really show them that their sacrifices, you know, meant something. And to this day, I still get choked up at being able to be involved in something like that. I, you know, I feel very strongly about uh, service and giving back to people. So that was probably one of the most special things that I was able to do in my career in hospitality. That's the very cool. Second one, very cool, right? <laughs> very, oh. very cool. Uh, I actually have a memorial bath that they made with all of the men's names on it, and uh, yeah. Marcus Luttrell signed it for me, which was really. Yeah, I've read that book twice. I, yeah, that that's an amazing story. It's just amazing people. Yeah. It is. Yeah, yeah. Um, the second one, it was my very first hospitality position at that that hotel that hired me. At the start, and I was serving my very first manager on duty, which is essentially every manager serves at least one operational shift, um, typically a week or a month or something. So I was serving my first one. I had only been in hospitality for about two weeks. I didn't really know what I was doing at the time. But um, as manager on duty, you stay overnight in one of the rooms and you're there for emergencies. And so about two o'clock in the morning, I went to bed and told the front desk, call me if you need anything. I woke up the next morning at six to check and make sure everything was good. And all of the lobby furniture was gone. Oh and so I asked the night auditor, uh, what happened to the lobby furniture? And she said, oh, the movers came in. It was a brand new hotel. They had just recently opened about a year prior. She said the, the movers came in and took everything. They said that they had delivered the wrong furniture and that they were going to bring the new furniture back. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I just kept thinking, I hope that's real. <laughs> and then the lander showed up and said, where is the furniture? <laughs> but yeah, it was very, very upsetting to hit. They hit about four hotels in the Atlanta area that night and we were happened to be one of them. And of course, my very first manager on duty position. Oh, I was like, no. oh my gosh, I'm going to get fired over this. But no. He was pretty understanding. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, people, yeah. <laughs> there's so many scam artists out there, and they're really good at it. Um, really good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. So so tell me about your transition into sales leadership. <clears throat> Why do you think they tapped you for leadership, your first leadership position? Yeah, I think it's. I was hungry. You know, at the time, I've always been hungry. I have, uh, in my career, I've always been driven to be that straight-A student, be in as many organizations as possible, do as much, you know, civic organizations as I can. And so when I started in the industry, I, I knew that I was starting from the ground floor, and I really wanted to work up as quickly as possible. So 
I went to everyone in the hotel and I sat with them and tell me what you do, what, what you love about your job? What don't you love about your job? What can you teach me in this moment? And I was really fortunate that people took the time to really sit with me. And I think that if you go in with that type of attitude, then people are really willing to help. And I asked for a lot of help and I asked a lot of questions and made sure that I was able to you know, recoup knowledge as quickly as possible. Um, and I still, I still try to do that to this day. So like I said, I, the one thing I love about the hospitality industry is that you don't need to come in with experience. And I think that's a little bit of a misnomer sometimes is, you know, students will go to school for hospitality for four years. They'll come out with a hundred thousand dollars in debt and they think that they're going to be a general manager and that just doesn't happen. So save your money, learn on the job. That's where you're going to get the most amount of knowledge and skills. And like I said, as long as you're hungry, people typically will, they'll, they'll take the time. And if you're making a mistake, just apologize for it, own it, accept it, and ask how can I do it differently or better in the future? What would you have done? So I, I do that a lot as well. Right. How, how, when it comes to hospitality, what is your approach to selling? It, how, how does, how do your, your sales team sell uh, that yeah. might be different from other industries? Yeah, I, you know, I think that the sell style is probably very similar. It's all about relationships and hospitality. And people will do business with people that they like. So, you know, you really need to know everything that there is to know about your customer and connect with them on a personal level outside of the business. So, you know, what their kids are doing, who their kids' names are, their birthdays. All of, all of those uh, things really should build that relationship and make sure that you're developing the rapport before you start selling something. Um, I think the, the people that struggle in hospitality sales are the ones that are focused on great space and space. And, uh, and they're, you know, looking to get through the sell as quickly as possible. And that just doesn't happen. If you really take the time to nurture a relationship with the customer, they'll give you business for the lifetime and they'll follow you to whatever hotel you go and whatever city you're in because they enjoy doing business for you. And I've, I've had that with um, people that have followed me around in my career. And even though they weren't necessarily looking in San Diego or looking for a Hyatt or a Marriott or a Hilton or whatever the brand might be, because they enjoyed doing business with me previously, then they'll continue to bring business to wherever it is that I'm going, which is why it's so important to keep your salespeople happy yeah. as well, because they will take all of their customers with them <laughs> when they leave. <laughs> so yeah, when it comes to your sales team, what's your philosophy or approach to building your sales team? Yeah, it's all about sales culture for me. So I really want to be the absolute number one desired management company to work for. And I think that we're quickly gaining that type of relationship. And it's because we invest in training, we invest in culture, we're consistently looking at our incentive plans and making sure that they are not just best in our industry, but that they're best in the sales industry, because we're also competing with medical sales and tech sales and, you know, all of those things. So I think um, that's, that's really it to make sure that we're mentoring, training, giving the support that, that they need, that we're compassionate and understanding when there are personal and lifestyle changes, um, that we're consistently looking for people who want to move up, move around, whether moving cities, moving hotels, moving jobs, 
Um, we have a lot of salespeople that move out of sales and go into operations and become general managers. So just making sure that we keep the, the lines of communication open and that we're really invested in them as a whole person, not just in their professional, but in their mental, their health, their wellness, their family life, and all of those things as well. What's the hardest part of your job? Oh my gosh, right now it's finding staff. I would say that uh, we've lost a lot of hospitality industry associates as an entire industry. Um, and again, they've moved to other medical tech, you know, any other industry that you can think of, and they're leaving hospitality. And I think that's a real shame. I think as an industry, we have a long way to go to re-earn the trust that we've lost over the past couple of years. And I think the, you know, the massive layoffs across the whole industry and hotels closing and all of that was so disruptive and such a, it just started from a place of distrust for people who had been working with the same company or working in this industry for 20 or 30 years. And it really allowed them to look at other uh, industries that they might not have looked at previously. So that's, that's my biggest challenge right now is convincing people that hospitality, while, you know, we're still in the grind of it right now, it is a fun uh, place to be and that they should want to be here because, you know, we're great people and we work with great people and every day is different and it's all about, you know, servicing your guests and making sure that we're still focusing on our associates and just reminding them of why this is a fun place to be. So that's my challenge right now, finding people. If you know anyone who's looking for positions and hospitality, send them my way. That's I have a right. number of positions I send. <laughs> yep. It's a really cool properties too. Um, so I'm at Great properties. Yeah. Um, when it comes to uh, uh, building out your team, and I think a big part of a sales leader's job is to provide people a path for growth and opportunity and, and advanced opportunities. What, what are you looking for in your team just to tell you it's time to tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, let's talk about a new role for you in leadership? Yeah, um, I mean, we are growing honestly so fast right now that it's hard to keep up. When I started with a role, I think we had six properties and now we've got 42. We gained 23 over the pandemic. So what you're saying is really relevant to us right now is to find those people that do want to move up. Um, we've got a number of different career paths. Again, whether they want to stay in sales or they want to go on to be a general manager or a regional director of sales or they're interested in marketing, there's so many different paths for them. So I really focus on that in our one-on-ones is, you know, how are you feeling now? Where do you want to be tomorrow? Where do you want to be next week? Where do you want to be next year? Um, both personally and professionally. And for my sales leaders, it's really important, not just that the lines are two-way, but that they feel comfortable to come to me. And um, if they are looking at another industry or they have another offer, you know, I will always give someone the absolute best advice if I really think that, you know, something different is a better option for them. Then I'm, I'm honest about it. And it's a great opportunity. You should 100% take it. Or if you just give me, you know, a year, hold on, I will get you in the position. I will get you the responsibility. 
that you want and we can find something for you for people who are really passionate about this industry. There's, there's massive, massive potential. So, yeah. What advice do you give those people that you're elevating into leadership around their first 90 days or that, you know, that first period in that new role? Uh, Sit back, don't make changes, sit back and learn, observe, find out what's working, find out what's not working. I think the directors of sales that I manage that are the most successful are the ones that go into a team and they really take the time to sit with each member of that team and find out what works for them, what doesn't work for them. And that's different for every single person. Don't treat everyone as if they're an apple because you might have some oranges in your bunch and that's okay because the oranges are what makes the fruit plate special, right? So, you know, really foster all of the individual personalities and, um, you know, make sure that you're investing in your own team member, but sit back and serve and then get buy-in. Don't make changes unilaterally with the team and say, this is what I'm thinking. Do you have any other thoughts? And I really want your input as to how we as a team can move forward and achieve our goals. Um, How do you define success other than revenue? How do you define success for your team? Um, I think, I mean, certainly top line profit is important for us because we have a fiduciary responsibility to our owners. So that's a, that's a part of it. But the other part of it is making sure that their employees are happy, that they have good retention, that they have good quality of life. Um, and you know, success, it can come in a lot of different ways. And right now as an industry, we're still struggling to recover. So I would say success, you have to enjoy all of the little ones along the way. Success might be I got a customer to come tour the property that I've been trying to get here for the past six months. That's a massive win. Like we need to take the time to celebrate those. So just breaking it down into little tiny bite-sized pieces and not so much focused on the overall revenue goal. I think if we take it bite by bite, it's kind of that that saying of like, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Sometimes it seems really overwhelming to get to the end, but if you just take it one tiny little piece at a time, what can I do today that will be revenue impacting for next month or next year? What can I do tomorrow that adds on to that? And that's what success looks like to me. How do you define goals for your team? Yeah, so um, we, we're we a big proponent. We removed all of the the normal standard industry goals of you have to book this much per month and this much per quarter. Um, we removed that a few years ago. Um, found that it was creating a lot of anxiety around the end of the month that everyone would just kind of drop everything to find whatever they could. And if they didn't make the goal, if they were you know, $5 off or $100 off or $10, $10,000 off, and there was just so anxiety, so much anxiety that it would prevent them from moving forward and achieving their goal the next month. So we removed all of those obstacles. Now it's purely based on how much they book and it's uncapped. So the more you book, the more you earn. And surprisingly, there was a lot of um, concern, I would say, from our leadership about doing that and whether we were going to see the same type of profitability. But production increased 40% in wow. the first quarter that we did it. And we're continuing to see the needle being pushed every day. And I think that's really what gives our sellers the 
the confidence that this is a good career and that they can continue to move up and move on is that there's so much opportunity and and it's all based on their own willingness. The only obstacle they have is their own and uh, self-interest. And I think if you get out of their way and let creativity and their mind to be free to look for all of those outside opportunities and potential revenue sources, then they'll succeed. Awesome. CRM, do you love it or do you hate it? Oh my gosh, it's a love-hate relationship. (laughs) Yes, love-hate. We have a number of different CRMs that we use just because we have so many different brands. But I would say I love the fact that we can track our customers and take notes on birthdays and what's important to them and all of their hot buttons and, you know, all of those things are great. The reportings are, are great. I would say user interface is a constant challenge for us is to find an easy, an easy user interface that when we hire people who are new to the industry mm-hmm. that they can pick it up and they don't need to spend a year trying to figure out how the CRM works and you know all of the different terminology from one CRM to the other. I would love if the industry could find one CRM that worked for all brands with the same terminology across mm-hmm. all brands. That would just be such a massive win, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the reasons that people stay with one brand for the majority of their life. It's because it's such a hassle to learn a new CRM. <laughs> Why do you think it's so CRM is so hard in the hospitality industry? Um, is there, do you think there's a common theme there or is it a variety of things? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think partly it's that the traditional CRMs out there don't really understand the difference in how hospitality sales work versus sales and you know, another industry. And I, I've been through so many different demonstrations that really highlight that fact. Um, the other part of it, I, I think the integration piece, you know, our CRM has to integrate with our property management systems, our revenue management systems, our reservation systems, our accounting systems, our, you know, there's so many different pieces of, you know, it really needs to work and pull in all of the information from all of these. And it needs to be a two-way street and for whatever reason hospitality just can't figure that out we're still looking for the right technology to do that right Uh, is adoption of CRM an issue in your world no um i would say we have uh high adoption of using the CRM i think with new associates that come into the hotel industry, it's sometimes a challenge to get them to really understand why it's important to use it so that we do have trackability. And, you know, uh, we're always saying activities speak volumes. <laughs> like if you're struggling and making your goal or you're struggling and being successful or your hotel struggling and top line profit, that's the first place we're going to go is to look and see, you know, what are our activities? What do we have in our pipeline or funnel? You know, how quickly is our funnel being um, refilled and all of those things. And so that's, that's, I think the challenge on, on my side and a lot of our side is just figuring out like what is, um, being put in versus what's not being put in. But I would say for the most part, the majority of it is pretty high adoption. Yeah. That's Once awesome. I learn it. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I, one of the things I find interesting is, um, 
people will talk about like, oh, we've got great stuff in there. But then when you start asking, well, you know, what are you missing? That's a far more interesting conversation because, you know, when you really start asking people about that side of things, um, we usually find that there are some significant gaps in, uh, in their CRM's ability to support. So they're doing a lot of stuff externally in Excel spreadsheets or whatever. Is that an issue, do you think, in hospitality? Yes, yes, uh, definitely. We still have that. And that, you know, we have great reporting, but those reportings, the, the look of them is clunky. They don't really um, make intuitive sense, particularly if you're sharing them with outside uh, stakeholders like an owner or an investor or a lender or something like that. The terminology is so different. The formatting is so different. Um, it's difficult to, like right now for our industry, comparison to 2019 is the most important. We kind of like 2020 and 2021 just didn't even exist. Yeah. Like let's look yeah. at how we're going to 2019. And even that is a challenge right now because a lot of the CRMs only go back three years in terms of being able to pull out historical booking information. Right. And so that, that that's a challenge for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so that means that we have to do a lot of Excel spreadsheets oh, yeah. to make up for yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, that makes it tough. Um, but yeah, given your world where, you know, you guys had such a major, to say it's a blip is like such an understatement, um, but such yeah. a such an impactful event that COVID did to hospitality that, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm just thrilled that so many hotels made it through uh, because being a consultant, that's a big part of my life is living in hotels. And uh, so it's great to see a lot of my favorite properties uh, all made it through. Um, Melissa, yeah. we're at our time here on Sales Lead Dog. I really appreciate you coming on. If people want to reach out, connect with you, or possibly apply for one of your open positions, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Yeah, on our website, uh, which is www.azulhospitalitygroup.com. Um, on the team page, you'll find me and it has my email address as well as my LinkedIn. So you can connect with me in either way. Um, and then we also have a careers page, which will take you to all of our Paycom listings and uh, able to fill out applications. And if you do find a position that you're interested in, don't hesitate. If you send it in your application, send me your resume as well or send me a quick note. Let me know that you filled out your application regardless of whether you're looking in sales and operations. And I'll make sure that you go to the right person. We'll escalate awesome. this as quickly as we can. Yep, that's awesome. Make sure you click on her picture too, so you can see her video. Um, it absolutely, and check them all out. It's worth going through every single one of them. It, it made me smile. Uh, so Melissa, again, thank you for coming on Sales Lead Dog and welcome to the pack. Thank you so much, Chris. It's been a great pleasure. I appreciate your time. It's been fun. As we end this discussion on Sales Lead Dog, be sure to subscribe to catch all our episodes. On social media, follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Watch the videos on YouTube. And you can also find our episodes on our website at impellercrm.com forward slash sales lead dog. Sales Lead Dog is supported by Impeller CRM, delivering objectively better CRM for business, guaranteed.